Welcome to Leadership Secrets, where we explore the key elements of leadership, communication, and teamwork. I'm Barry Moline, and I believe everyone can lead from anywhere in an organization, no matter what their job title may be. Let's learn some leadership secrets together. Today, my guest is Nico Prokos, and Nico is the general manager and CEO of Alameda Municipal Power in Alameda, California. Welcome, Nico. Thank you, Barry. It's great to be here on uh, Leadership Secrets. Well, excellent. So, Nico, describe your journey to become the CEO uh, of Alameda Municipal Power. And along the way, talk about a few of the big lessons that you've learned. Uh, Certainly, Barry. Happy to go over some of that. Um, So it's, you know, recently I had an employee actually come into my office and, and they they have a lot of ambition and they were asking me, so, you know, you're the GM, you were here before once you kind of bounced around a little bit and and he really wanted to know ultimately is like, what's the secret sauce? It's like, I mean, did you plan this 20 years ago? How did you, you, and you know, thinking you're going to end up, this is where I want to be. And I told him, it's like, well, I've got to be kind of honest with you a little bit. I mean, I think I certainly always had the ambition, but um, you know, sometimes there's challenges. Sometimes you have to kind of reroute and, and move around a little bit. It doesn't exactly work out the way that it's planned. And sometimes it's just really boils down to luck and you're just in the right place at the right time. Um, so I think of it as kind of a combination of, of those different factors. Um, you know, I, I, I did, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to work with some really great mentors and other general managers and really learn a lot from them in terms of how, what makes them successful and what do I need to emulate or what do I need to improve upon to be able to get me to that uh, you know, certain position or to get to get where I am today, the general manager position. I think some of the key takeaways for me that I want to share with people is you, know, you really have to be patient uh, and kind of closely related to that is, is like you don't overreact in certain situations. So um, especially in, in our in our business, um, you know, you're presented with things that sometimes uh, you feel like, well, let's go ahead and and uh, we need to do this. And I think it's really important to 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 exhibit that patience and to wait and to hear from others and especially your kind of key management team and other folks um, to get input from them. Because I'm a big believer in getting input. I don't really make any decisions uh, unilaterally. I like to hear from from others. And I think it's also important really across the organization to give people an opportunity to provide that input. You know, at the end of the day, I, I agree most of the time with my staff, but sometimes there's other things you have to take into account as a general manager and you might want to go in a different direction. You know, I think one of the things I learned and I, I really try to articulate this for, for my staff is, you know, making mistakes is okay. You're going to make mistakes. I make mistakes. I still make mistakes, but I just don't do it twice, you know, and you get into two or three times, three or four times, then you, you have to learn from your mistakes, especially when you have a board and you have other people that are kind of looking to you. It's like you have to, it's okay to make those mistakes, but it's not, not good if it becomes kind of a pattern and you have to really, uh, uh, you're making them over and over again. And I think another key takeaway is you have to get involved in your organization. You know, sometimes you have G, uh, leaders and GMs who might, you know, go to conferences a lot and other places like that. And that's I think that's really helpful to do and to learn and to 
to participate there. But you also have to invest the time in your organization. You have to get involved in your organization. And, and I want to caveat that a little bit, that you get involved, but you don't micromanage. And I think that's really important. You know, you give folks the tools to be successful. You support your staff. I really think that's very important as well. Um, and you don't really get into kind of micromanaging. I mean, I like to think of it as uh, I tend to be very hands off. If there's an issue or some other problem, um, I want to be up there to be able to help and I'll get a little bit more involved and we'll get it back on track and then, you know, we'll move on. And, and so far, that's been a very successful strategy for uh, for me. Yeah, those are great ideas. What's in, what's interesting about this employee is, you know, sort of prepping you for today's conversation kind of a thing. The It, it seems like employee, he articulated, he asked you the question, you know, what's the journey been like? How did you get here? A lot of folks are still watching you and, and, and wondering what's he doing and how can I emulate that and trying to understand what those secrets are. But it's so, it's actually to his credit or, or her credit. I'm not sure if it was a male or female, but to their credit, credit that they came out and asked. And, you know, ultimately I, I agree with you. It's, uh, every path is a little bit different and you you never know, uh, you know, you describe some of those key elements of, of, of your journey that are, are really critical. Actually, there, there's one I want to ask you about the overreacting, the overreacting, uh, or of course, avoiding that, not overreacting. And, and how do you do that? How, how do you, uh, you know, when there's a, you know, a major crisis, minor crisis, you know, you're in the electric utility industry, something could happen any day unexpectedly and people want fast action. How do you control that urge to just like run off and make a decision before having all that information? Right. And, and sometimes you do have to make a decision like that. And, uh, but in a lot of different situations, I think uh, you know, even if you have outages and you've got elected officials calling you and things like I, I think I always try to get a, the facts as much as possible. And that's what I mean by the overreaction. It's like sometimes people might be tempted to say, well, I think this is what's going on. And it might take an hour or two to restore power. And it's like, well, you know, before we get to that situation, you know, I want to talk to my engineering folks or my operation folks and figure out it's like, what's the situation that we're dealing with? And and what's the what what do you think what are your recommendations for us and then and then you you have an opportunity to talk to some of the elected folks or in my particular case i have my own board um and discuss with them and and let them know what what's happening and then it really it's really applicable kind of it's not it's not not just applicable to outages and things like that it's also when you think about your organization and uh where the direction is and i'll talk a little bit about strategic planning. I guess you've got some subsequent questions about that, which I think is, I'm a big believer in that. And I think that that kind of charts the path for the organization. And it, and, and so having those metrics and other things that have been approved by the board, it really helps you in terms of, um, you know, stay the course and, you know, exit, you know, demonstrate that patience, don't overreact. Um, and people are looking at to you as well. It's like they're seeing how is the general manager handling this situation? How and the, and they want to see is like do I if he's panicking then I have to panic, right? Or if they don't, you know, then we're okay. So those are the and even 
it's interesting because you may you may be panicking inside, you know, but you have to kind of perfect that art of is like, okay, no, we're 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 good here. We're gonna, you know, let's let's just go through our process here and and uh, figure this out. So, being the general manager means that you're responsible for a lot of things. At a utility, it's it's highly varied. You have your product, you know, electric, uh, you know, electricity. Uh, you've got your customers to be responsible for your staff, and and as a public power utility, you're responsible for your community. You know, it's your awesome responsibility. And and how do you think about your awesome responsibility with all those elements that you have to be on the lookout for? So when I first started here, there there was a strategic plan, and but at the same time, it was a little bit dated. And so that was one of the big exercises that I did. And, it, and I took a little bit of a different approach. I wanted to make sure that there was participation within the organization and then also outside of the organization. And so there were a lot of sessions with our with our board in terms of you know, where do you see us in five to 10 years? And how do you, how do you see us changing? So you hear a lot about that in the electric industry. And, you know, previously when I first started in this industry, I was like, well, this is what we do. We provide electricity. There's not a whole lot of expectations beyond that from our customers. You know, they want it low cost. And in our particular case, they want it to be environmentally uh, friendly. And so, but the reality is, we are changing and we need to change and our customers' expectations are changing and in particular with technology. Uh, and so we we embarked on a smart meter change out. We took, you know, we replaced all of our meters and that's really kind of the pillar of our strategic plan. Um, but we're also recognizing that the customers look to us. You hear a lot about trusted advisor. That's a, a term that you hear in our business fairly frequently. It's like they they're inundated with things. They hear about solar, they hear about EVs, they hear about electrifying their house, and they have a lot of questions. And pre-COVID, we did a lot of uh, public events. We would have a, a ride and drive event, for example, and where customers could go and sit in an EV. And, and all of that was made possible by the strategic plan and getting buy-in within the organization. Um, and we'd spend a lot of time with with staff, and it wasn't only just senior management; it was really kind of ran the gamut. And you know, we 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 recently went to the board to provide an update on it. And, and I like to show how many hours, how many staff hours we spent on it, and it's it's a huge amount of time. And then we had an external group, of course, which and we structured it again a little differently. We had it was by invitation only, and we wanted representation from every sector. We didn't want one group to dominate it. And that worked out really well. And then we went to the board to get feedback. And I feel, I feel like by taking that approach, you have buy-in from the organization. People kind of help create it and understand where we're going. And that's helped us transition. Now, that's not to say there aren't any challenges. I mean, we are focusing a lot on technology. And that's a big part of what we do and trying to roll out different products in that area to our customers to get them information. We have a time of use rate that we launched about a year, year and a half ago, which is very successful. Um, but it's really boils down to that strategic plan because it ties everything together. And I think what's really important to emphasize is you hear a lot about strategic plan. I mean, everybody has a strategic plan, right? But a lot of the times those strategic plans end up on the shelf. 
and then nothing really happens with them. And so you have to have metrics, you have to do check-ins with your board, you have to kind of track where you're going and, and everybody participates on that so that you understand, you know, how is this impacting our customers? How is this impacting our staff, you know, and the community? And where do we want to be in those five to 10 years? And how do we, how do we get there? And how, do we, how are we doing in terms of achieving those goals? So by having the strategic plan, having a lot of staff buy-in, do you feel as though they understand the goals of the organization, they understand where they fit in the organization, and therefore, you know, you talked about buy-in, but uh, that there's a, a greater sense of purpose? Yes, I, I, I think that's a really good way of putting it. And, and one of the things we did in our strategic plan, we had a commitment to bring in somebody uh, to do an organizational review. And so we have this idea of where we're going to be in five to 10 years. Um, <clears throat> so we brought in a retired general manager from Southern California, and she did a great job helping us out with that and suggested some changes. And, you know, as a public agency, change takes time. And for us, we were able to move some of those pieces around early, put people in certain positions so they understand how things are going to look in the future. It's going to take us a little while to kind of, you know, create some positions and then combine some positions and things like that. But at least as opposed to telling people, well, you have to wait two years uh, before you can become that supervisor or whatever that position might be. It's like we're able to move those pieces around. And I think as a smaller organization, that's pretty important too, because one of the things we heard on the employee side is, well, you know, I get to be a senior or something like that. And then it's like, well, then, then where do I go from here? You know, and, and it's like, well, there's an AGM, but they, you know, they're young, they're going to be there for 10 years. And so, so we would have, we would lose people because of that. So we created a structure that allows people to see how they're going to transition through the organization. And then by contributing, there's, there's a path for them to get to, to certain levels if they're interested in that. And not everybody is. It is hard to provide uh, you know, a path forward for everyone. So it's nice to be able to uh, get people moving and growing. When you were a child, uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Did you always want to be a utility manager? No. <laughs> I, I don't, I asked, actually, when I was looking at these questions, I texted my mother and, and asked her, like, so when I was young, I was like, what did I want to be? And she said, well, you were kind of all over the place a little bit. <laughs> so, so um, I never, I mean, you even look back 10 years, it's like, would I have imagined myself in a, being a general manager? It's a, probably not, you know, my, what I studied in college, is quite different from what I what I what I'm doing now. So it never really was a was a path that I, I think going back 10, 20, 30 years ago was something that was that I thought that I thought was, yeah, this is this is where I'm going to be. Um, I always had that ambition though, I think, and trying to find what what is what is the best role and, and best uh, uh, profession for me. And I kind of fell into this one by chance and I've really enjoyed it and and uh, I've been very fortunate to to end up in this position, and this is a great organization, and and I've enjoyed being a general manager. Although we are going to talk a little bit more about some of the challenges, there's certainly been, uh, um, you know, sleepless nights thinking about things. I mean, it's you, you do get that as part of the job, um, but uh, you know, I find it very it's challenging, but it's also rewarding um, to run an organization. Um, you know, it's great 
you know, during COVID, a lot of people stepped up and did a lot of great things for our customers and realized just how important our role was. We were able to we didn't do rate increases for two years, um, recognizing that you know customers are going through a tough time. You know, people were working from home. Our field guys were great stepping up and making sure the lights were on there. Um, so it, it really has been a very rewarding time. Um, and even before that, pre-COVID, it's it's been it's been very uh, fulfilling, and, and I've really enjoyed it now. And now, in terms of when I was when I was little, what did I want to be growing up? I was like, well, I think you know the answer to that, Barry. I really wanted to be a hockey player. <laughs> I was going to guess at that. Yeah, both you and me, both you yeah, and me. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that was my dream as a young Canadian kid. Uh, you know, so. But that's a good one. You know, you got to have a dream first. Uh, so, your, so your mom said you were all over the place. What did you study in college? So my background is genetics with a minor okay. in history. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. You know, at, at the time, you know, I was, didn't really have a lot of direction. Looking at some of the things that interested me and I said, well, you know, I like this. I didn't feel a huge amount of passion for it. And I kind of went through and did that, did that. And then... It must be about 20, 25 years. I worked with a consultant and was working on environmental review projects. And then I I actually worked at the California Public Utilities Commission for a little while. And then I remember at the CPUC thinking, well, you know, this is great. And I enjoyed my job and I enjoyed the people I, I worked with. But we regulate electric utilities, but nobody here has worked at an electric utility. And I said, well, I want to work at an electric utility. And, and I, but I also recognize that I don't want to work at PG&E. And, and I said, well, I want to work in the muni world. You know, I mean, I didn't know much about them. I know they're out there. And so, and then that's the path I, I took there. And it's, it's been, you know, it's been great. And I had a chance to work with some great people. And I mean, as you know, as the head of CMUA, there's a lot of great munis in California, and and what we do is is uh, amazing work for our customers. So you worked at Alameda Municipal Power, and then you left, and and you came back. So where did you go? So when I moved here the first time, this was 2005 to 2007. I had a there was a general manager here at the time, and her name was Val Fong, and. So I worked for Val for two years. And then after that, she moved to Palo Alto to be the general manager there. And I really liked working for Val. I mean, she was one of my my mentors. I learned a lot from her. Um, She's a great person, a great general manager. And so I moved to Palo Alto and I was there for about seven years. Um, And then I left and I went to the Port of Oakland, um, some closer to home. And this is what I was talking about earlier about kind of rerouting. I mean, sometimes an organization isn't the best fit or it's not the right time uh, for advancement or for other opportunities. And so, you know, in, in this particular instance, it's like, well, I went to work for the port, which was actually a great, a great move because I had a, a boss there at the time, Chris Chan, who was another one, I think, between Val and Chris. Those were the two that kind of helped me kind of develop that, that, uh, you know, situational awareness and that understanding of what it takes to be somebody in that role. Um, and then I, and then this opportunity came up and, and you know, I put in for it and I've been here five and a half years and, and uh, um, it's been great. I, I think I was with you on your first day. 
I just happened to arrange a visit on that day because, and there was a, there was a, a breakfast that day, and I'm just. Do you remember your first day? I, there was, I do. We I went do, to a breakfast I do first. Remember my first day. <laughs> yeah, we went to a breakfast, and then, uh, and then you went off to do some work, some first day work. Yeah, and then we got back together. Uh, I don't quite remember everything, but I thought, like, wow, I can't believe I'm here on your first day. So yeah. it, it was, you know, it, it was kind of unusual. I don't know why I, I particularly chose that day, but sorry to barge in timing. on your first day. Yeah. yeah, good timing. There we go. I think I was drinking from the fire hose uh, that day, so uh, I'm not sure how, how uh, good company I was. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, it was all for, well, actually, so, uh, so this is a, a question sort of related to that. When do you feel like you became a leader? I mean, you had leadership roles before you were the general manager. You know, so people were reporting to you. You were t- you had significant responsibility. But when do you feel like like hey, I, I got this. You know, I can do this. Well, I mean, not as just as a GM, but just as a as a leader. It takes time, and well, could be quite a bit of time. I mean, I would say for me and. And we can talk some more about this. It's, it's some of the challenges I took on when I arrived, and and I had no problem. I had no problem doing that. It was something that was the board was clear that they their expectations of me. And so, I would say it it probably before things kind of really settled down. It, you're talking three to four years, and you know, as the GM, you have visibility on so many different areas. You may not have the minutia of all the different areas, but you have visibility on all these different areas and you have an operations group, you have folks working in the office, you have different uh, unions that you're dealing with. And then you have the, you have more of more exposed to the political elements. You've got the city council, the board, and even in Sacramento. And so, and you have to balance all those sometimes in making decisions and the right decision for the organization. And, and sometimes that can be quite dynamic. And so, being getting to a point where you feel comfortable doing that. I mean, for me, at least, you know, you're talking, it's potentially several years um, and, and you're learning. And, and I like to think is like, you never really stop learning, um, you know? And so to that, in that sense, it's like, you be, I think you become more comfortable as a GM and, and you get more experience, but at the same time, I think you're always learning and, and there's going to be moments where you're you're not feeling comfortable, and 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 those are less less and less. But um, and I think that's a good thing because you know I like I, I I like challenges, and I think that that's important. I mean, if you if you settle into a situation where you're just like, well, we're just kind of running running the operation, and it, or it runs itself now, it's you know what am I going to do now? It's like you know it's nice to have different challenges and also challenge staff as well. Uh, so I, I would say, yeah, it's going to take some time. And, it, you know, I, th- I think some people might be disappointed to hear that. You know, you have folks who are up and coming and they say, well, I want to get into that role. And I think I think I've, I've got it. And I think you probably have the foundation for it. But when you actually get into that role and you see some of the things you're dealing with and you're a public agency at the end of the day, but you're different than the other departments in the city. We think of it as we run, we run this as a business and not all departments in the city think of it that way. In fact, very few of them think of it that way, whereas we do think of it that way. And, and we have a business, but we're also, 
you know, you, you're also part of the city. And so you have to be able to navigate through that. And sometimes that can be really challenging. How would you describe your leadership philosophy if you could boil it down into like a bumper sticker? Is there is there a way to do that? Yes, I do have one. And I would say, I would say firm but fair. That's how I would characterize it. I think it's really important to be fair to people and to treat everyone uh, with respect. I think most people respond very well to positivity, and I think that that's really critical. Um, At the same time, as a general manager, you're going to have to do things that might take you out of your comfort zone. And, you know, you you hope it doesn't happen often, but it does from time to time. And I think it's important to, because your employees are looking to you, uh, for leadership. And they're also, they know what's going on in the organization. I mean, I say this quite frequently that there's no secrets in my organization. Everyone knows what's happening. And so, you know, if there's a problem in a certain area uh, and you're not dealing with it, then that's going to be an issue. And people recognize that and it's going to have collateral damage in the organization as well. So, so I think it's really important to be fair, but then also I think you need to be firm. And I, I think you, you know, you accomplish that by being involved in the organization. I'm a, I, just by nature, I'm a very curious person and I like learning different things. So I'm, I'm out there with my field crews, you know, I'm talking to my engineers. I like walking by and hearing employees talking about different issues. Um, I think it's important to have a sense of humor. And I think it's important to, to create an, an atmosphere where, uh, People feel very comfortable. People can can talk to you. I mean, I have people come to my office all the time and talk to me, you know, and, and they'll they'll just ask me a question and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Um, my direct reports, we have specific times where we, you know, supposed to do check-ins, but for the most part, they never happen because my direct reports are popping in and out, asking me questions or we're chatting about things. So I, I think that it's really important to be, to create that environment um, to create that sense of fairness. Um, but then also it's like when you're presented with challenges, you need to take those on. You talked earlier about making mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. You don't want to make two, three, four of the same mistake. Have you ever had a rookie moment or, you know, a big lesson that you learned from a, mist- a mistake? I mean, there's been, I would say smaller things. I wouldn't say um, a big mistake. Uh, and again, I've been very fortunate to have a very good relationship with my board. And, and I, I do want to emphasize that. I think that's really important to, to develop that relationship with your board. Um, and then also my senior managers as well. And having that, what I talked about earlier, where you're open to hearing different perspectives, I think that's really critical. You know, at the end of the day, the decision boils down to you, but it's like, you know, sometimes people have different different thoughts or different perspectives on, on the issue. And it's important to hear those because sometimes it can change your mind. I mean, you know, so, sometimes you're thinking about something it's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And then you have a conversation with, with the executive leadership team or even other folks and you decide, yeah, this is, let's do something different. You're right. And that's okay to do that. It's like, you, it's, it's, it's totally fine. And then that's helped me really navigate through a lot of these different um, challenges. So I've never been in a situation where, uh oh, you know this is really bad, and um, to be able to learn, I've been able to avoid those situations for the most part. But that's not to say there's been um, there's been some mistakes, and I've learned from those, and and uh, 
um, you know, that's in, in the end of the day, it's helpful and it helps you grow as a general manager. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, every mistake that I have made has somehow been tied to a lack of information. And I have found that when I slow down and pause, you know, sort of what you said at the top um, it is, you know, gather more information, um, you know, be curious and and sort of s- slow down a little bit. Of course, you have to make decisions when when you're in an emergency, but nevertheless, when you're considering something new, try to get as many perspectives as possible. And the mistakes happen when you rush through it and, and don't do that. So anyway, it's, we've, we've had some similar experiences in that regard. Uh, what do you do to continuously learn as a professional? What kind of things do you look at? Um, I do like to uh, interact with other general managers. Um, we do that a lot at NCPA. Uh, we have our monthly meetings, unfortunately, and then there are some other meetings as well. And, and unfortunately, during COVID, you know, a lot of that got kind of set aside, right? And so Zoom isn't the same, but I do think that it's, imp- and, I, and, I, and I have a couple of general managers in NCPA that I have a very close relationship with that I've worked with before or, or, you know, indirectly. And so, and I think it's important to, to, you know, hear from them and hear their perspectives on things. And it's like, it helps you kind of learn. And I think it's a, it's an, it's an ongoing constant thing. I mean, you never really stop learning and you think if you get to the point where you think, okay, I got this hundred percent figured out, you don't. That's my, that's my, you know, you know, perspective on that. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah. When you get, when you have that attitude, you become complacent. And then something's going to creep up on you. And exactly. And to that point, you know, I think that it's important to be involved in your organization. And I talked about earlier, you know, engage, but don't micromanage. But you need to have that awareness because, you know, things do go sideways sometimes. And you do hear from time to time about, you know, general managers who maybe weren't aware or weren't tuned into something. And, Usually it doesn't end very well. And so being being aware and being engaged, um, I think people appreciate that. And also you're able to kind of stay on top of what's happening um, and have that awareness that'll help you. So you're not really blindsided by anything. So earlier we were talking about challenges and decisions. Uh, when you're faced with a tough decision, do you intentionally bring people in to the conversation? How, how does that process work for you? Oh, I do that pretty much all the time. Um, and I have, right now I have three assistant general managers. We used to have four, but with, as part of that organizational review, we went down to three. We realized we were, we're not really right-sized in that area. And so, and I would talk with, um, and some of the, you know, they've been kind of runs the gamut of how long they've been with the organization. And so, but I think it's important to, you know, especially as folks who've been around for a while, they have that institutional knowledge. But that that I would emphasize, I really emphasize that it's like, yeah, you know, if you start making those decisions without consulting with folks and and um, going to those experts, it's like yeah, the chances are something's not going to go well there. So that that's that's really critical. And you described a minute ago counseling with other general managers. It, it can be lonely at the top and it's sometimes hard to find someone that you can confide in. Uh, so do you find that that collegiality with other other GMs, you know, opportunities to open up and say, 
uh, or ask those questions, you know, here's a situation, you know, have you ever experienced this? Is that the kind of thing that, that you've done? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a few of them in particular that I'll, I'll touch base with in the NCPA world. Um, and just, you know, to hear their thoughts on different issues. And I'm always, I'm always, it's not surprised, but I'm always, you know, in awe, I guess, of the fact that, that they've either experienced it or maybe indirectly or directly and have some, some perspective on it. And, you know, hearing that is really helpful and, and especially, and you mentioned earlier, it's lonely at the top and yeah, that's, there's, that's really true of a general manager. Um, sometimes you have to make decisions and people look at those and say, well, we don't really fully understand that. And for one reason or another, you can't really explain it. Um, and, but that's the decision. And so, uh, yeah, it does get, it does. That's a very, a very good statement. Now you do have an opportunity to develop those relationships with other general managers and talk to them about those particular issues. And I think that's really, that's part of the job. That's really really important. And, um, and there's a lot of, you know, in California and NCPA and the CMUA world, there's a lot of really, really great general managers out there. Um, some have been in that position for, you know, not a long time and some have been around for, for much longer. Uh, and you know, it's, I think it's, it's, it's wonderful to be able to hear what they have to say on things. So what do you do outside of work that clears your mind, hobbies, activities? So, I coach my son's soccer team. That's one of my big things that I do, in addition to hockey. Um, so I, and I've been doing that for about seven years, maybe. And my son's 14 right now. And I, I really enjoy it. And it's one of those things where it helps me take my mind off of this job. And I think that's really important. And obviously staying in touch with family and, and uh, you know, helping family out and, and taking that time and, and having that dedication, I think, is, is really important. But I find it very fulfilling. And it's interesting because, you know, you asked earlier about leadership skills. And, and, and I think about it in the context of an electric utility. I have employees. And, but then I have, when I coach, so they're not really my employees, but... You know, I'm I'm kind of the leader there, and it's like it's there's some similarities, but yet some differences, and there's different characteristics that are required. But I think that it it actually helps both. There's kind of synergies between the two, and so I learn what I've learned here has helped me in my coaching, and what I've learned, you know, hurting uh, 14 year old boys around a soccer field is is also helping me in my in my general manager job. Uh, so it's it, it's been something that I've really enjoyed. And I think, you know, as if you get into this role as a general manager or CEO, I think it's really important to have that outlet or something else that you have besides your work. Because it's so easy to get into the, you know, I'm, this is going to be my weekend. This is going to be, I'm going to respond to emails and texts and all that as, a, as opposed to doing other things. Yeah, it's so interesting when it comes to hockey, for example. Uh, you and I play hockey, not together, but uh, I find it very, very difficult to think about anything else but hockey while I'm playing hockey. Yes. And it is an incredible <laughs> mind clearer. It, it, it's just, it's great. And, even, you know, it's, it's, 
you know, we want to win, I guess, but really we just want to have fun and play hard and drink beer. Yes, exactly. And (laughs) and it's, you know, we're, we're, we're smiling on the ice and, and so on. And sometimes I'll, I'll get next to a player in front of the goal and say, excuse me, excuse me. And just, you know, trying to mess with their mind a little bit, but, but just, you know, excuse me, can I lift your stick for a moment? (laughs) <laughs> that's good. That's good. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Would throw them off, I would yeah. imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if I'm going into the corner with somebody, we're both like heading into the corner, and I say, "Hey, I'd like the puck. Give me the puck." Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> just it's kind of a it's kind of yeah, and most of the people yeah. who are there, as you said, it's like they just want to have a good time. You know, I stopped. I st- I I stopped playing with the twenty-five-year-olds. You know, five years ago, and so because it's like now I'm and I'm very happy just playing with the people who is like you know what we work very hard at our day jobs. We're here to have a good time and like you said, have some beer afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So you have a favorite uh, book, movie? Uh, are you streaming anything interesting? You know, I don't. I. I I don't get a lot of opportunity to read, which is kind of unfortunate. I mean, between, you know, my kids are 14 and 16, so I spend a lot of time with them and with coaching and then and then with this job. And uh, my son, my son and I did just get to see the new Top Gun movie, which is which was great. And and so uh, uh, that was that was really nice. And, and he's he's a big fan of. Uh, uh, slapstick. He's got my sense of humor. So we, uh, I've been gradually introducing him to, uh, to my, uh, uh, my favorite, uh, movies, um, with, uh, with my wife's approval, of course. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's, that's, you know, when I have spare time, spending my time with my family and my kids is really important. And, and, uh, you know, that's, that's hopefully, hopefully in a few years, I'll be able to start reading again. <laughs> I was a voracious reader at some point. <laughs> Uh, how about a favorite food? What's your comfort food? You know, I like spaghetti bolognese and my wife makes an amazing spaghetti bolognese. She makes it the Greek style, which has a little bit of cinnamon in it, um, which gives it this unique flavor. And so she's kind of perfected that. So that's the, that's my, that is my, you know, my ultimate comfort food. Uh, and, you know, I get, I get it every once in a while. So it's nice. It's a nice treat. That's great. I, I'm going to ask my wife about adding a little cinnamon into the spaghetti yeah. sauce. It's really yeah. good. Actually. <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. think so, but. Uh, so this is, you know, kind of a weird question. Do you have a brand? Is there a, is there a something that you stand for, you know, a word or phrase that you live by? I was thinking about this and I can have two. And going back to my comment about, you know, patience and don't overreact. Uh, you know, I, I think of the the phrase fools rush in, you know, and, and I think it's really important to emphasize that with folks. It's like, you know, take your time, uh, make sure you get all the information you need. Um, you know, the other phrase that, that I, I was, I, I use frequently that again, I probably will get edited out, but we'll see is that uh, the, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, <laughs> you know, and, you know, in this business, we see a lot of people that come through and they're proposing all kinds of things. And you see this in legislation and, and other regulations. And, and, and we, it, this is such a technical job and it's so complicated. This business that we're in is electric utilities that, 
um, it's really difficult for people to have a good understanding of what we do. And they may propose something and think, okay, this is, this is, this is going to be great. And then it's like, well, it actually might end up having the opposite effect. And we feel like we run into that a lot in, in what we do. And we spend a lot of time educating folks and talking to them about that and, and hopefully kind of convincing them to, to, you know, maybe go in a different direction. But uh, unfortunately it does seem to be fairly common in, uh, in what we are, what we see. And, and the way we approach that, because we do experience, uh, I think a similar philosophy, which is uh, asking the question in response, what are you trying to do and trying to understand where people are trying to get to? Because sometimes they don't have the same level of knowledge, the depth of knowledge that you do. And, and therefore, you can help them hopefully accomplish their goal by understanding what it is. And then two, by then educating, like you said, uh, about maybe a, an alternative way to get there when one that they had not thought about. So, you know, there's, there's uh, maybe the, uh, you know, the funny part of that expression, you know, road to hell is that without you, it would be going to hell because the, the road, you know, would lead in a bad direction. Um, thinking them thinking that they're trying to do good. So the, you know, the concept there that you're talking about is, okay, let's find that nugget of good and figure out, you know, a way to get there. Uh, you know, and, and sometimes you can't get there, but at least you make the effort to try to get there. So have you gotten any good advice in your, in your life? Uh, what's some good advice that somebody gave to you? Well, so this, uh, and I was looking at the questions and I wanted to, I don't know whether you're going to circle back to this, but it kind of ties into one of the other questions about the CEO transition. So how did things go? And yeah, we talked earlier about, well, it took three or four years for me to get to kind of that comfort level. And, but those first year, two years, it was, it was very bumpy. And one of the things that, the advice that I got, and and I kind of recognized this also on my own, but I did get some advice about this, is that when you have a challenge in your organization, you need to take it on. You need to, you don't just let it go. And sometimes you see that with folks that come in and then they, maybe they're going to leave in a couple of years and they're not really, you know, especially if it's a difficult challenge and so they might move on. And so, but I feel like it's really important and I think, again, this ties back to your employees. It's like they, they know everything that's going on in the organization. It's like you need to take that. Cha- if they see you taking that challenge on, that that tells them that you're committed. And my board at the time, you know, when I first started, they kind of sat me down and said, okay, here are our expectations. And they had a couple of expectations. It's like, oh, boy, this is going to be a rough ride. <laughs> You know, and, and they said that we want, we want you to take this on. And I did take it on. And it, it took four years for me to kind of address the, the issues, but they know, they knew what was going on. And, and like the employees, they see, okay, he's committed. He's doing these things that, that needed to happen in the organization. And, and it's, it's difficult because as a public agency, things take time and, 
sometimes some of these things, like I said, it takes, it took four years. So you're doing all the regular stuff and you're also dealing with these kind of things as well. And it takes, it takes a long time, but you have to, you have to stay committed and you have to, you can't let your foot off the gas. That's really important. You have to, you have to be in there and it really, it does, it will get better. It's just sometimes there's a little bit of a, a, it's a little bit of a tough time in the beginning. And you never know as a GM, you walk into an organization, unless you're coming from within that organization, you never really know what you're walking into. Yeah. And persisting is, uh, that's great advice. So when people are just starting out in their career, uh, you know, think you're talking to your kids in a few years or a new employee, what's some advice that you would give them? Well, I think humility, be patient, listen to others. But a, here's a, a new one. Don't ask people to do something that you're not willing to do. And that's kind of key. And you have to dem- demonstrating leadership is not just saying the right things. It's also doing the right things. So, for example, during COVID, all of my field staff were here. Now, myself and my senior management were also here. Now, we could have been at home, but I felt that, well, we're asking people to come in and continue to work, and there's some risks there. We should be here, too. And those are the kind of things that people see and they appreciate, and it it helps to develop that rapport and also that a commitment that people see that you're 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 committed to this organization, and so those are the kind of the really the critical uh, elements. And I would add one other one as well. And I think your employees are really number one. I mean, your customers are important. We get that, but um, you know, treating your uh, cus- your employees well, uh, giving them positive feedback. I mean, I tell, you know, and, and also negative feedback at times. And I tell my employees, it's like, I, if there's a problem, we'll, we'll let them know. Um, but I think you also have to act in a respectful way with people. You know, it's never good to, to embarrass somebody in front of other people by saying, it's like, well, you, you, you screwed this up or you made a mistake or something like that. You know, you pull them aside afterwards and you tell them, it's like, look, yeah, this needs to improve that kind of thing. And I think, you know, people appreciate that and giving people opportunities. But I think really your employees are what make the organization uh, run. And so you need to spend the time with folks, um, be out there. We try, we actually, we have a, um, and we just started this again. We did this before COVID, but we have a quarterly lunch with the general manager. Hmm. The, whole, the whole utility or is it by department? Four, four people. And we rotate through. So my executive assistant will pick the four people and then we'll send the invitation out and then they go to lunch with me and we sit down and, and, you know, when we first started this pre COVID, I remember thinking, Oh, wow. What, what, how's this going to go? <laughs> you know, and, and it actually was really nice because nobody really complained. They, we spent the time talking about their families and my family and what we do on the weekend. So you got to, you're outside the work environment. You're learning about people and, and some of the things that they like to do. And I think you're developing that rapport. And, and I really like that, that program. And we just actually, we just started that up last week. And I think it's a great, a great way to, to, uh, 
you know, to interact with folks and develop those relationships. Not everybody wants to go to lunch with the GM and that's okay. <laughs> no, but a lot of people do. And so, you know. Yeah. What a great way to get to know everybody on your team at all levels and a uh, great idea. I love that idea. Uh, I want to share. Yeah. That I would recommend it for, for anybody. It's, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's actually really, it's fun. It's worth the time. Uh, and people appreciate it. And the other thing is, is because originally we had, we used to have an employee of the month. Well, that went okay. Some people would kind of get a little upset. Say it's like, well, I'm not getting picked or this person, you know, there's the yada yada. And so we thought, well, this might be a better way of dealing with this. It's like, you know, this is the recognition that people get. And, and sometimes I'll hear from one of their supervisors beforehand. It's like something they did really well. And I'll mention it at the lunch, you know, for each of them. And so, yeah, that's great. That's really, what an awesome idea. Uh, definitely that one's uh, top sharing. Uh, I'm not sure how many folks do that. Thank you, Nico. This has been great talking today. Yeah, it's my it's my pleasure. I mean, I think that these are, you know, I get these questions from time to time from folks and people are wondering, it's like, well, how does this, how do you get to that level? And, and like I said, there's like, there's art, there's, there's science and there's art involved, right? And I think, uh, you know, I'm hopeful that some of the things that I have to say and other folks that you've been interviewing will be helpful. Thanks to Nico Prokos for being our guest today. And thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch or if you know someone you think would be a great guest on the show, send me an email at bmolene at cmua.org. And please leave a five-star review, which helps others find their way to Leadership Secrets.